Welcome all. If your name is Luis, you've probably ruined the Iceman's month at some point. It's the 76th edition of the Fancy Football Surgery Podcast. Okay, welcome back listeners. We're back again. Another Tuesday night podcast coming to you on the 7th of November 2017. It's very, very quickly heading towards the Christmas schedule. Uh, But sadly, we've got an international break coming up, which is just dire. But um, that said, let's prepare for two weeks time. First of all, he requires no introduction. It is the (laughs) Iceman. Cheers, Billy. Yeah, yeah, and uh, Bully presenting once again. We've got a great guest on this week. We've got Simon, uh, the creator and uh, the chief editor, known as FPL Connect. This is a blog site. It's dedicated to providing tips and insight for all things FPL. So we've got another good expert on board with us. Simon, welcome to the pod. Thanks for having me on, guys. Simon, um, I mean, without going too much into the site, do you just want to tell us more about sort of your passion for FPL, how you got into it, and kind of how you're getting on so far this season? Yeah, sure. For for me, it was. I mean, I've this is my ninth season now, actually, but it's <laughs> it's only just become an addiction. Like last year, uh, that was when the addiction formed. Before that, I was more of a. You know, I started off quite young, and it was more of a you know a casual thing. Uh, and then when obviously cash becomes involved, it gets a little bit more serious. So I took it a little bit more seriously. And yeah, last year, that was when I started really paying attention to price rises, uh, articles, you know, getting involved on Twitter, getting involved in the FPL community. And that's when it really became a proper addiction. So so last year really was when, uh, you know, the passion came really. And now I'm obviously created the, the, the website and uh, yeah, trying my best to uh, replicate what I did last year. So I finished last uh, 11K overall, trying to... Uh, <laughs> start off uh, well again and get inside the top 10k but it hasn't uh, hasn't gone too well in that respect so far i'm currently residing at 1.7 mil mm-hmm. not great yeah not great at all so it started bad uh, but i'm slowly making some progress the last three game weeks i've rose 1.1 mil so it's starting to turn around finally yeah it's a going strong yeah, now. I think- yeah finally Sorry, chaps. I was just going to say, I think, Simon, at this point in the season, it's still very early doors. So a couple of good game weeks and you can jump right up there again. All right. That's what I'm hoping for, mate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> good stuff. OK, well, great to have you on board. Interested to hear what you've got to say about the upcoming fixtures. Um, first of all, Weissman, uh, an interesting game week. Lots of, um, I suppose, lots of goals to talk about. None less than uh, Manchester City. But how did your team get on? Yeah, fared not too bad this week. Uh, hit 51 overall. I didn't captain Salah, which I was really wanting to do uh, before the game week, but I did hang it on Kane. Uh, we heard a few rumours that Kane might not be playing, which really yeah. excited me and then let me down by actually turning up in the starting lineup. And then I was really hopeful of the fact that he actually might score some. And then, yeah, he got nothing, which has disappointed a lot of managers. In fact, 1.4 million managers captained him. Yeah, so 51, I didn't make any changes. I've got two transfers to make this game week. I uh, am looking at either taking out Jesus or Vardy for Morata, who looked good this game week. Certainly did. So um, a decent score for you there, Ice Man. You got a a few more points than me. I I managed 46 this week. 
so just over the average, which meant I didn't plummet too much in the standings. Those are the things that came off for me with my midfield this week. So I had uh, I, I punted on bringing in Mares back in our discussion last week, and he came up with a goal. I'll talk about him a bit later. Cause I thought he looked really good for for Leicester. Um, Ramsey, Sterling, Richarlison, and Aguero were big scorers for me. Unfortunately, I left the outstanding me on the bench again for Burnley. I made the error of going for. Cedric instead so and I had the the Kane flop at captaincy as well so a score that kept me there and thereabouts yeah see I had Ward on the bench as well so yeah kind of the same boat but I had Ward as my last sub whereas you had me as your first so yeah it's even more disappointing isn't it when he's your first sub very very close to some jam but not this time for me uh Simon as guests let's uh let's see how you got on how was your game week uh, yeah, I had a, a pretty decent game week, actually, for once. <laughs> um, I got a score of 59, but took a hit, so 55 net. So 11 points above the average, so I was quite happy with that. Same boat as James with um, Salah. I I said to a couple of guys in one of the group chats I mean, that on Twitter that um, I really fancied Salah, and there was no doubt in my mind that he was going to start and, sco- and probably score against the shocking West Ham defence, and we obviously knew uh, there was a lot of uh, injuries as well. Um, and yeah, I and I was still and obviously as we heard about Kane, there was some rumours about him potentially not starting. So I did waver, and I was I really did want to do it, but I just didn't have the bottle, and I bottled it in Captain Kane as most did. So yeah, that was the the main one. But the the nice one for me was Alonso actually returning some points and getting a clean sheet. So that was nice. Um, and Morata as well up front. So they were the the main ones, and I had Ward. So a nice clean sheet there for me, and Richarlison and Chupamotin with his standard assist. Yeah, yeah. I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on him as we go through the pod because he's uh, he's looking a real bargain in, uh, in, in, as a midfielder for Stoke at the moment. Well, let's see uh, let's see how that's affected things in the top ten in the podcast mini league. In tenth place this week, we've had some changes. So we've got Alpha Jinx's Sasa Simic in tenth, one four seven Elite Adam Finn Campbell up into ninth, good score of sixty three. Frederick FC Frederick Magnuson dropping down to eighth. Uh, Smash, Smash, yeah. <laughs> Smash went and shush. Can't say that. Uh, up into seventh. Fear the worst with Jason Damien up into sixth. Uh, joint fourth place. Berbershoff, Andre Bergstrom. Uh, beautiful creatures. Magnus Westerstrand up into fourth. Red Devils, Daniel Kalim in third. Draper's fancy team holding on in second place. And again, an awesome week for Lalana Land. Demir Tanay, who is already. 95 points out in front in our midfield. It's all about a captain choice with him. He's just tend to hit it nearly every week. I mean, going back... Do you you know where he's ranked in FPL overall? He is second overall, isn't he? He is second in the world. What an (laughs) honour to have this player in our mini-league. Absolutely awesome. Yeah, he's doing really well. I'm just talking about the captaincies. He just seems to be smashing that nearly every week. He's captain Kane on his halls. Um... Hazard when he's hit well, Salah this week. It's all about if you get that captaincy right, it just shows how far it can put you up the league. Absolutely. Uh, just looking through our, our top 10, because I noticed the absence of a quirky team name. And um, I suppose that the team name is appropriate to their position move this week. <laughs> but also, once again, uh, in 23rd place, I, I believe it's the same person going down Minjita. Lovely stuff. <laughs> 
That's brilliant. Although, He's got some fair, problems in his team, actually. He's got a load of people out. It is a strong bad. To be fair, though, somebody else has strung together a fairly decent uh, team name here. When 16th place, Big Jim Bruce holding me stones. I, I like that one as well. Oh, so, oh, nice, nice. Very strong. I'm, I'm also, um, noticing, we... um, also noticing down in 24th, Robert Fry seems to be right up there in our top 50. He seems to be around, around and about in our top 50 nearly every year. So well done to him. Very, very consistent FPLer. Very consistent indeed. Chap, shall you move on to something useful? Yes, do it. Let's go for it. Right, so unfortunately you've got to wait until the 18th of November if you want to watch any Premier League football. But the uh, the first kick-off on the Saturday, the 18th at 12.30, an absolute belter. It is the Gunners versus Tottenham Hotspur. So the North London derby. Absolutely huge fixture for both clubs. I would argue at the moment Spurs have probably overtaken Arsenal, which really pains me to admit, at least in a footballing sense. To avoid any bias in this one, I'm going to come to our resident guest for comments on this. So, Simon, any thoughts on this fixture and who you like going forward? Yeah, I think Spurs... um... Uh, looking strong, aren't they? I think uh, um, I'm probably going to captain Kane for this one. I know obviously he's just come off the off that bank, but it's it's these it's these away games and these games, uh, especially more from the derby. Obviously, he's got six goals in his last six games against them in all competitions. So uh, there's no other standout captaincy for me um, in, in my team in particular. So Kane's probably going to be my captain for that one. I would say. Um, I think he's a good shout. He loves scoring goals against them. And it's, the, it's these open kinds of games that I think Spurs do really well in. Obviously, we've seen a lot of these teams come into Wembley and park in a bus and they're just not able to break them down. Where for, I don't understand why, to be honest, because at White Hart Lane it was happening. They was, you know, People were parking the bus, teams were coming and parking the bus and they were still finding ways to break them down. But obviously, this, the, you know, the transition to the new stadium is... Has uh, changed things. Maybe it's the pitch dimension. We don't know, but they don't seem to be able to break them down this year. So, yeah, uh, I think Spurs are gonna. I think they're gonna win this one. Um, not sitting on the fence. I think Spurs will win this one two one. Nice. You think there's definitely some change in the club for Kane? Yeah. Okay. Ice man. Any thoughts on Tottenham? Well, <clears throat> they did, they didn't play very well the last game, but um, I do think that Arsenal have got a chance <laughs> this game. I mean, like they're playing at home. Arsenal have been playing well at home. Haven't been playing great all season, but at home we seem to be okay. This will be our first big challenge at home. So Tottenham have always had a strong uh, defence along with their goalkeeper, but Lloris is injured at the moment, and Gazaniga doesn't look like the best keeper in the world. I know he got man of the match in the last game, but I can see him conceding some goals here. Ramsey seems to be the one. We had a question from uh, Mo Hazari. He put, is Ramsey the best under-the-radar player at the moment? I mean, you've got him, Billy. What do you reckon of that? Like I said, I think in terms of you look at him form-wise and the way that he's playing, he is taking a lot of responsibility um, in terms of trying to force the issue. Like at City at the weekend, he, he came up with some points there. He's very kind of aggressive in his play. He's been in great form for his country. So, like I said before, I still think he's he's the best midfield option at the moment in his price bracket, which is below the premium rates. I think he's better value than Ozil, dare I say, Sanchez, 
he's done something every week for me for a little while now so I think he's, he's a really good option to free up funds elsewhere yeah he came close to scoring as well in the last game and even the way he bundled over Edison over the line after a Wobi shot it just so he's got that drive to win unlike mm. a lot of the Arsenal players um, but apparently you know I mentioned last week with Sanchez he doesn't seem to pass to many people I heard on um, the Football Weekly that Barry Glendennon said that Ramsey and Sanchez don't pass to each other which was so it's actually news to me in some way, but have you ever noticed that, that Sanchez just doesn't seem to give Ramsey the ball? Because if that well, is the case, that will affect his points. Yeah, uh, Barry Glendening, good source, but have you ever heard him talk on Talk Sport with Max Rushton? <laughs> yeah, he does talk a lot of crap, doesn't he? Yeah, <laughs> he does, yeah. I mean, if, if I didn't know that he was the deputy sports editor of The Guardian, um, I wouldn't listen to a word he says. It just sounds like he's sort of a, a comedian. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I'm totally on board with that, but sometimes he does make sense, so it, obviously he's noticed something in there. Uh, but I, I agree, I do think Ramsey, 7 million, I think he's one of the best options. I wouldn't say he's the best option, you're looking at the likes of Richarlison and probably even Zaho, who's playing up front at the moment, uh, but he does get into the box and his expected goals are quite high as well. Um, he's 1.4 for expected goals over the last four game weeks, so that's, that's quite high in showing what he could have scored he's got you a few, yeah. fair few points lately so I would say that yeah he is still a good option Arsenal's fixtures aren't you? not Just great I don't think we've got Spurs next but then we've got Burnley then Huddersfield then it's United Southampton yeah they're, they're not the best that's the thing I wouldn't necessarily be bringing in uh, Arsenal players at this point but we are one of the highest on uh, goal attempts at the moment. Uh, we're third behind Man City in the last four. So there is a lot of potential in our team. But um, like Simon said, I do think this is a case of the armbands probably going to go on Kane. He loves a London derby. He seems to score all his goals in London derbies. They're away, so it's probably better for Tottenham <laughs> because of their home form. Um, it's just you never can rely on Kane now. Now that he just doesn't seem to be doing it in the big games, you can't seem to be totally confident with that captain. And at his price, that is a little bit of a worry. It's the games, isn't it, when he's expect you're expecting him to return big. Like last year... I think we took it for granted. We, it just went on Kane at White Hart Lane. It was just it was easy in, in these kind of games against the, the so-called lesser teams. But it's, I think that's what you meant, uh, rather than the, the big games. I think in the games that you don't expect him to do well, he's he's hauling. Yeah. <laughs> um, he, he, yeah. He'll he'll blanket you know at Swansea and then score a brace the next game. So I'm sort of going off this kind of little pattern that he's not doing it at home. Then he goes away and he and he, he sort of performs. Yeah. So. I think, I think you both make uh, very good arguments. It's, um, yeah, I just think it, it, it's Kane for Spurs against Arsenal. The other thing as well, just tactically, Crystal Palace actually went to you know play that game against Spurs with quite a, a good plan in mind. They were pressuring them throughout the game. You know they've only just beaten them. Um, I don't think Wenger is going to be that defensively intelligent and probably will play with the usual arrogance if we play one way and that's it. And I think that will leave came with an easier day against that Arsenal back three but yeah, um, remains to be seen yeah 
Just a quick point um, on, on Davis here. I think that he's going to yes. play this game based on they're probably going to need, need to be a little bit more defensively minded than with Rose, and Rose has only just come back. I do think Davis is going to play. He's in a load of people's teams still, I'm assuming, and he's in mine, and I think I'm going to hang on to him because I've got more pressing things elsewhere, and I'm actually going to hope he's going to play, and I'm probably going to start him for this one. Mm-hmm. Your thoughts on that, Simon? Uh, to be honest, he was the. Uh, yeah, it's interesting you brought that up because I, I really want to get rid of him. I'm just sick of him <laughs> coming yeah. up with these random illnesses. And now Rose is back, and he's obviously he's come back into the first team in the Premier League now as well. So he's he's ready to play these Premier League matches. So it's hard to keep Davis, especially in this game where I can't really see much returns. I mean, obviously he's always got that chance because of scoring an attack and return, but. I can't see a clean sheet. That's for sure. And yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, I'm surprised you said that. I, I, I definitely, I'm definitely looking at getting rid. To be honest, this week, I am looking at getting rid soon. But I, just because uh, I've got more pressing things, because I've I've got Louise, and I don't think I can. Uh, I don't think I can yeah. trust him to play, and I'm probably going to get rid of him over Davis. And he will play some games, and uh, they've got some good fixtures coming up. He is on the chopping block for me, but if he plays in those fixtures, clean sheets and the attacking points that he's scored, he could well score score quite well in, in these games. I mean, either that or it might be a, a little upgrade to like the likes of Vertonghen, but I don't think you should be bringing in anyone in the Spurs' fullback positions. See, I... Th- I- I think the only thing other than... It's difficult, isn't it? Because now Rose is back. He's been trusted at the weekend. They've kept the clean sheet. The other thing, just tactically, I wonder about, whoever plays on that left-hand side is going to be up against Bellerin. If you think about the pace that he's got, Davis got absolutely roasted by Mane when he played Liverpool last season. So if I was if I was Pochettino, I guess I'd, I'd be thinking, actually, we need some pace against Arsenal's right-hand side. Um, yeah, good point. Especially... Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point, yeah. I mean, again, if if Theo Walcott was playing, I'd definitely be saying Rose because that would be ridiculous. But I think 3-4-3, Bellerin on the right. I I can just see Rose coming back into contention. I think the telling sign will be whoever plays at left-back in the Champions League following because they've got Dortmund and they're already through in that competition. Am I right in saying that? Yes. Yeah, they are, yeah. They are. See, Jim, I knew you followed the Champions League. Baited (laughs) you into it. Yeah, I think that will be really telling, won't it? Like, who plays in the game that doesn't really matter? Yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting. In fact, but, now you're swaying me away from actually starting him. Okay, so we, <laughs> um, I mean, on the other side of the pitch, equally as well. I mean, Trippier's looked brilliant this season, but again, we've got a fit as a Fidlorier in there, so it's it's a real difficult one, isn't it, at the moment? That's why I think when I spoke last week about Vatongi, I almost see him as more of the nailed option, especially in the absence of Aldevira. I think Vatongi will just play consistently in there the one I was really impressed with defensively was uh, was uh, Sanchez at centre back he has got some pace about him yeah no, I mean there's a number of times he decent. was one on one with Wilf Sahar and he was just matching him it was really good to watch composure yeah. as well he's, yeah, he's yeah. young and he's got a lot of composure on the ball it was, sort of, it was a nice pressure just a nice little bit of skill turned away and just passed it out very very composed yeah somehow all, all the Premier League's top teams have let Tottenham accumulate the three best defenders coming out of Ajax for the last generation. <laughs> um, okay, well, we've, we've been talking about three players for ages, chaps. What about the Arsenal then? Um, we've spoken about Ramsey. Lacazette, I mean, he's come up with a goal again, confusingly benched against City. Can't see it happening again, Simon? Um, no, can't see him being benched again. I think he'll start, but 
it's that factor that you don't really know if he's going to start now. It's you know he's there's been a couple of times where he has been benched, and it's you know for that price and the other options we've got um, around that price, it's yeah, it isn't definitely what not one I would advocate bringing in to be honest. No, I, I agree. Yeah, with I, spent- that. I agree with that because he he comes off as well and. Um, mm. Arsenal. It doesn't seem like we've got a settled eleven either, which is a nightmare this far into the season. We've obviously got some defensive problems in terms of injuries. With Mertesacker now out playing Coquelin at the back, so yeah. The only points here I can actually see now that I think about it is just Ramsey, and I wouldn't necessarily bring him in because of the fixtures. So yeah, I'd steer away from Arsenal for now. Nice. So no more Arsenal. Wonderful. Okay, well, let's move on to the second fixture, chap. So the three o'clock kickoff, uh, running through them in alphabetical order. We've got Bournemouth versus Huddersfield. So interesting tie, this one. Iceman, do you want to kick us off with this one? Yeah, we had a question here from FPL Puzz. Has just put, actually seeing Bournemouth's next five, could it be worth doubling up on their defence? And he already has Daniels, and I, I just I want to warn people about Bournemouth's defence. They've conceded the most shots in the last four game weeks, and they don't ever seem to keep clean sheets. So. I wouldn't necessarily double up. Daniels is probably a good shout because he's practically playing with midfield when he plays in that wing-back role. But no, I would not double up. What do you guys reckon? Um, yeah, uh, I'd echo the exact same. Yeah, Daniels is probably the only one, again, that I would look at just because of his attacking intent. He's got 11 penalty area touches, seven goal attempts, and we know he can put them in. Um Bournemouth, yeah, like you said, they've conceded 21 big chances, 163 shots. They, they just don't know how to defend, and I know it's Huddersfield, and they're not they're not the best attacking outfit in the league. But yeah, I just I can't see I can't see many clean sheets from Daniels, and that's it for me. Yeah, I mean, on, on the other side of this fixture, obviously Huddersfield, another clean sheet for them at the weekend. I think the the signing for them of Zanka has been a, a real a real decent one, or, or Jorgensen as I knew him better, but still four point six million. Again, if we're looking at the upcoming fixtures, obviously. Bit of a horrible run with uh, City and Arsenal next, but then Everton, Brighton afterwards. So, um, if I think if you've got someone like Zanka, I definitely play him in this fixture. Yeah, I think I would as well, but none from Huddersfield uh, for me really. I mean, like Van Lampara scored a decent goal, four point eight. He might be one to watch for the future, but no, not at the moment. Not at the moment. Any? Can we have any love for Josh King yet, or is it still just not happening? Yeah, I, I do think there is quite a lot of love for Josh King. He seemed to be... He played quite well. He was quite strong. He, he looked like a, a good goal threat. But I still want to wait for his returns before I kind of punt on someone like that. Uh, what is he now? 7.5? 7. Seven. You need to. I think you still need to wait for him to get back in form. He's only just come back. He's had a few games out. So, yeah, he's... he's uh, <laughs> as Kega likes me saying he's a wait and see. <laughs> a wait and see. I, I like it. <laughs> wait and see on King. Yeah, just a quick one Let's on uh, Stanislas. Got injured again, so that is the risk whilst choosing him. <laughs> Bloody Stanislas, yeah. Mm. To be fair, though, he's an absolute diamond of FPL, isn't he? Even if you are mates or not, whatever the relationship is there, Iceman. But he, he has been awesome year on year, hasn't he? Yeah, he has when he plays. <laughs> Funny place, funny place. Um, it doesn't sound like we're overly keen on this one, chap. So I'm going to move us on to uh, uh, another invigorating fixture. We've got Burnley versus Swansea. So, um, I'm just going to lead us off by saying Burnley defence here. Again, uh, me coming in with eight points after his nine 
uh, the week before. Really impressive stuff from them. Simon, anyone you feel from Burnley who might be good for this tie? Yeah, just echoing exactly the same, really. It's just it's the defence, isn't it? Um, I got in when I finally brought in a Burnley asset. I went for Ward. And I was a little bit yeah, disappointed, really. I went for him in the end because I think me is probably the better option just because I think there's there's more, even though Ward's got the goal, there's more of a goal threat from, from me. He's got 10 uh, goal attempts uh, all in the area. Um, and he's doing well on bonus, as we saw at the weekend. So... Um, and he's obviously a little bit cheaper, so I'm a bit gutted I went for for Ward. But I think I think any any of them in in that Burnley defence are worth investment. And obviously Pope is is uh, flying at the moment, isn't he? I mean, I've watched a couple of his performances now, and he's he's really he's really doing well. So I think a I don't think a Burnley double up is is the worst idea. Not and not a long shot. I think they've got some good fixtures as well. So yeah, anyone going with Pope and Ward, I think, is a is a good is a good combination. I was just, yeah, I was just going to agree with you there, Simon. I think Pope in rotation, like Heaton last season, doing it all over again. Great option, week in, week out. I think when they play against the lesser sides, you've got as good a chance of a clean sheet as any top team. That's, yeah, agreed. Iceman, have I come back to you? Yeah, we did have another question. FPL Puzz just saying, worth doubling up on Burnley defence with Ward and me. So you reckon that's a good idea, Simon, yeah? Yeah, I do. Um I mean, well, I'd, how much is Bemi's four point five, isn't he? So yeah, yeah you, you're probably better to go with the two, you know, the award and, and me rather than Ward and Pope. I'd say just because obviously you've got the added bonus of goal threat and obviously uh, bonus points. So yeah, I think I think it is a good shout. And there's you know there's premium options like Davis and obviously Alonso. Um, and obviously, Altamendi suspended as well for for the time being. So there's a, you know there isn't a lot in the premium defence that we're looking at so you know I think it's a good time to go to go um, double up on de- uh, Burnley defence see I I mean Burnley have been doing really well in defence but they do concede a lot of chances though sometimes during the game I just think they're really lucky in the fact that they've not conceded a few goals I mean in the last four game weeks they're second behind West Ham for shots uh, conceded on target so I just think they've been <laughs> I know they've they've done it a few times. I mean, their away form is incredible. They they won three two against Chelsea, one all against Spurs, one all against Liverpool, one nil against Everton, one nil against Southampton. They, they just seem to be on fire uh, away. But I do think they just ride their luck each game. I do think it's gonna come unstuck at some point. So I wouldn't necessarily double up in terms of Burnley defence. One is fine and like you know even playable in away games, even home games, but. Yeah, not not for me to double up. I don't think that's uh, the best decision. Not fancying a, a double up at the moment. Well, Simon, can you can you see any value in Swansea in this fixture then? Um, Swansea, uh, it's it's tough, isn't it? I mean, for a while we thought that they were going to be decent defensively. A lot of people were going for Norton and seeing the value in that, and maybe in Fernandez. Um, and I think they, you know, I think Clement does. He can. He does have them organised in some games. I mean, again, away to Arsenal, they obviously lost two one, but they, you know, they showed a lot of spirit, and it, it took a while for you to break them for Arsenal to break them down. So there is that. They do have that ability to keep a shot out every now and then. So I don't. Not for me personally, but I think it's not the worst idea to have a Swansea defender. I can see some value in having a Swansea defender, but not the attack. I don't. I know Tammy Abraham has been doing well, but they just they don't create, create enough chances for me. So I, I mean, I'm I'm on Vardy at the moment. I, I I think as a third striker, third option for the strike, I think it's better to go with someone like Vardy or, or Firmino. 
I just think it's better value to do that. I know Abraham's he's actually I think eight point one points per million right now, but I don't think it can be sustained personally. I think he's so a bit, not, he's, not not for me. He's a bit let down by the rest of his team, Abraham. I think he's they're just they're just <laughs> yeah. not attacking enough and uh, I mean, he has yeah. had the most, uh, I think he's, he's second for the amount of attempts on goal out of any striker in the last four game weeks. So he has been playing well recently. But yeah, they they haven't got much going forward in terms of attacking. Carroll now getting subbed off at 58 minutes. Uh, Klukas has taken free kicks off Carroll. So he is not that 4.5 option that we hoped for at the start of the season. We had a, had a question from Felix Arthur. Has just put, would I sell off Abraham for Vardy? And if you've got the money to do that, then I probably would. Obviously, Vardy's playing against City this game week, so maybe hold a week. Billy, what's, what's your call on uh, Abraham? Um, for everything I'm saying about Burnley, they they are due to concede, aren't they, if we look at law of averages? So I think, if you, which goes completely against what I've just said, I, I'm more pro a Burnley clean sheet. Having said that, if you, you've got... Uh, one or two really weak midfielders and Abraham's your third striker, I probably would play him in this game. Yeah, uh, I still think he's a good rotation option and they've still not got terrible fixtures from that perspective moving forward. It's just how much we can trust them to score. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Um, so I think we've, we've probably exhausted this fixture with those few there, chaps. Let's move on to the next one. I'm looking at Palace versus Everton. So Palace given a really good account of themselves um, in the last game and Everton um, right to the depth, nearly clutched a, a draw from the jaws of victory, cleverly stepped up their ex-player and did them a favour, a much-needed win for them. Iceman, uh, what do you think about these two sides? Well, I've been waiting for this Baines bandwagon to kick off at some point because I knew he was going to be on penalties and as it turned out he was. He, he's a great penalty taker, put that nicely away in the bottom corner. He also got the assist as well, so yeah, he was he was right up there in the points. But I, I just don't think going forward that he's going to sustain that uh, you know, goal and assist per game. They don't. They're not attacking enough for me. But they could be changing things with the new manager, Unsworth. Uh, you know, he's not good enough. He's going to go. Uh, there was rumours about Simeone. I'm not sure if that's going to happen. If Simeone. That, yeah, there was rumours on that. that yeah. Sky Simeone. What, what was the uh, what, what planet? I don't know. Um, the only option I can see from Everton is actually uh, Niasse. He seems to be starting at the moment, but then that could change when the new manager comes in. So for me, stay away from Everton at the moment. Moving on to Palace, though, uh, they've still got the worst shot conversion rate. Uh, but um, Ruben Loftus-Cheek seems to still be starting. Yeah. So he is that 4.5 option, which everyone has clung on to. Zaha and Townsend still playing up top, so they still haven't got a goal scorer, just as um, Roy said at the end of the game. And Zaha did miss an open goal. But him, uh, Townsend and Ruben Lossetik are their main threats going forward. But I do like, I still like uh, Scott Dan. He seems to, he's had a few good headers the last couple of games, and I feel like he is due to get one soon, Scott Dan. He was very close, wasn't he, against Spurs? Was it him that headed it that um, Gazaniga saved yeah. right on the line? Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, great save from Gazaniga. It was. Yeah, so nice. maybe, okay. maybe a punt on Dan. Yeah, I mean, it was a spirited performance against Spurs, but they still lost, didn't they? So I'm, I'm still not really that confident uh, about Palace. Everton, yeah, I think I want to see some consistency in their squad and I want to see what happens when the new boss comes in and shapes things up for them. So I'm in Germany strong feelings about this fixture. 
Um, no, I think you've you guys have already echoed everything. Um, I, I at that price, um, you know, around the six million mark. If it's between Zaha and Richarlison, there's only one winner there for me. Uh, Richarlison's the guy in that price bracket. And yeah, I think it's it's it's. I mean, he's obviously a great player. I mean, you watch him and he does some great things, and he should have scored against Spurs. It was an easy chance. Um, so you know, I I can definitely see why people are going for him, and I think he he is a good option, but. Um, I agree that you know probably best to wait. Uh, Everton side again, yeah. Wait, wait for the for the new manager to come in and see how that changes things. But um, I've got to say that um, I'm impressed with Cal- Calvert Lewin's um, statistics at the moment. He's for five million. He's proven really good value. I know he's not playing all the time, but um, and obviously it's subject to the new manager. But if he starts to get game time, and you know he's he's a good. He's, I think he's a good option for an enabling third striker. 23 goal attempts, 18 of those inside the box, 12 chances created, and he's um, six points per million at the moment, so I think he's a good shout. Highest point score of five, though, and that's very rare. He seems to have blanked a lot, but he does seem to get quite a few minutes, but it was in this game he he got subbed on, so uh, who knows whether he's going to keep his starting position. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they've, they've shown some promise in him under Unsworth. Again, he might be one that, um, I suppose, gets axed a little bit, depending on who the new manager is. But I think you're right, he's an exciting prospect. So, chaps, let's move on to Leicester versus Man City. City taking apart Arsenal very professionally. We'll come to them second. But first, um, Iceman, me and you have had a fair amount of love for the Leicester front line recently, haven't we, with Mares and Vardy. How are you feeling about them in this fixture? Yeah, see, I'm considering removing Vardy in this game, but he could he could well uh, score some points in this one with uh, Otto Mendy out. He's got his he got that yellow card which we spoke about last week. So with him out, obviously City have to rejig their defence a little bit. I think that he could potentially get some goals. I know your love for Mares is is totally justified. Uh, last week he looked really good for the whole Stoke game. He could uh, he could have yeah. given Vardy a tap in though, so it was a little bit selfish. He, could, but yes. <laughs> he he did get the most shots in the last game week, and that's uh, that's two assists and one goal in the last three. So it is proving that yeah he he's proving his case at the moment. Which we did have a question from Justin Dye just saying is Mares proving his case? And yeah, I think he is even at that price tag, which we have been saying is a little bit kind of out of reach and. Uh, you'd have to take a spot up like an Ericsson spot but you've done that and uh, you've got seven points so far and I can see some more points coming your way at some point during the season yeah maybe not against Man City though but I think you make a good point though because they're not exactly watertight at the back so if you know if if Leicester go at them in the direct they may sneak a goal here and there it's just uh, I don't think defensively I'd be putting any Leicester players and I do have a lot of love for, for Maguire still even in weeks when they concede, he seems to be able to provide something attacking-wise. So I do like him, but uh, not really in this fixture. Simon, what are your thoughts? Yeah, yeah, I think I think there's goals in this game, and I think this this one could suit Vardy and Mares down to the ground. To be honest, because um, City are gonna, you know, they're gonna do what they do under Pep and, and press really high. And I think that's you know, if they're accurate enough with them with their direct passes, uh, Mares and Vardy in particular could do well. Uh, Morris is on fire. He did annoy me though. He really did. <laughs> Weekend. I couldn't believe. I couldn't believe he didn't uh, give the ball to Vardy. It was the most simple pass. So that annoyed me. But yeah, he's he is proving his case. I agree. I mean, what do you guys think about um, his attitude in terms of does he still want to 
leave or you know do you think he's performing uh, you know sort of make his case in that regard you know uh, and you know if if he's on fire then people are more likely to teams more likely to um sign him yeah i, I still think he wants to put himself in the shop window a little bit more um yeah. i still think he's yeah. got some years behind him so i wouldn't necessarily doubt that it's just um he, he needs to get back into form and i think he's uh, bringing himself back into that obviously uh, you wouldn't bring him yeah. in for this game but uh, Leicester's fixtures after this one other than the spurs game uh, they've got west ham then spurs and then after that it's a garden of little mini garden of green so yeah, you'll probably hold on to him, won't you, Billy? I, I'm going to use a, uh, a slightly different source than usual to discuss my points around this. We use statistics, we use what we've seen on the TV, we use what we've seen live. I was chatting to a Leicester fan, chatting to a Leicester fan, so proper uh, proper terrace talk here, but apparently the fans at Leicester, they've kind of accepted Mares wants to go, but the feeling amongst the fans... Uh, this is from from a few people though, so tell me if I'm wrong. I actually feel that Mares on the pitch is still doing it, performing, and his attitude does still seem to be good as gold, which is the opposite. So, you know that time when Sanchez was trying to force a move, and a few other players and, and Van Dijk. Actually, they're saying that Mares wanted to go, but has his attitude has looked good in games, and that's been enough for me to think actually, yeah, wants to go, but he actually is putting himself in the shop window. Yeah, yeah, and no, I agree. Mm, yeah. So there we go. Pub talk sources. <laughs> <laughs> new for this season um, alright uh, Simon uh, as your guest you get to wax lyrical over Man City who do we go for in this one I think for me and I'm not just saying it because I, I have him <laughs> but Sane um, for me is the yeah. one right. I think for me the, the, the premium strikers from now on now that we have all this information about Pep and what he's doing to us is um, it's it's got to be Kane, Morata and Lukaku they, they're the focal points of the attack we know they're going to play we don't know that Aguero and Jesus are going to play all the time and it's it's a case of at that price can we can we really I'm not comfortable captain him that's why I had Jesus at the start um, and I opted to get rid for, for Morata for that reason so f- for me, I'm not really that comfortable, even though they are still returning, they're still scoring goals for fun and they're returning in the limited time frame that they get. Uh, I still prefer to own, you know, I'm just calling me old-fashioned, but players that actually play the whole game, 90 minutes. So Sane's the one because 8.6 million, I don't mind. He's got 36 points for me in the last four game weeks. So, you know, that's average, what, nine, nine points a week. That's... <laughs> can't ask for more so Leroy yeah. Sane for me I think he's the natural left winger he's their only natural left winger and in this in this system that they play the 4-3-3 um, he's the only one I think that can give them what he gives them on that left hand side there's no one else there and he's in he's, he's in purple patch he's in absolutely incredible form so Sane for me um, so yeah. I think that's a great shout Iceman he did blank the last game week, so surely we should be getting rid of him. <laughs> <laughs> no, jokes. Uh, we, we, had, uh, we had a question from Justin Dyes, just put, is Fernandinho a viable way into the City mid? Cheap and seems to be nailed getting returns. He did score, he scored 27 points in the last four. He's got a good point there. What do you guys reckon? Yeah, okay, nailed on, definitely. Uh, <laughs> and he's getting points, but... Still no for me because I think both of those goals. Correct me if I'm wrong. Were absolute screamers. Yeah, he's not going to score them every week, is he? <laughs> he's not. Yeah. So for me to to keep that, I don't think he's going to sustain this this kind of form. He's going to get the odd assist and the odd screamer. I mean, obviously at this rate, it's great. But if you can keep it up, but I don't think he's going to keep it up. Uh, no, not for me. Not when not when Sane and Sterling uh, are there. You know, 
and they're providing great value and explosive returns. So no, not for yeah, me. Yeah, he's also saying time to switch from Jesus City mids or another striker. So, I mean, I've got Jesus at the moment, and I am looking to whether remove him or remove Vardy. Obviously, Vardy could potentially get some points in this game. Jesus, if he plays, could potentially get some points, but Vardy's the nailed-on starter. So is it best I, I remove Jesus, or do you reckon Vardy? If you guys had the choice, Bully, which one would you remove out of the two, regardless of uh, Al- Al- Vardy and Jesus? Uh, I'd probably remove Vardy, if I'm being honest. Because yeah. uh, I just think I know they're I know they're not nailed, but even when they come off the bench, they're just such a threat at the moment for City. Yeah, you just want to um, be part of it as well, don't you? You want to kind of have a couple of players. I mean, like, yeah. playing against Arsenal, they still look really attractive, really good. Could have had six. And, that, and that's what I, the point I was going to make. And the last thing about Fernandinho, I think if you have anybody other than the premium players, all it's doing is robbing your opportunity to have a City defender, midfielder, and attacker. I do agree that you've got more game time in Kane, Lukaku the likes of Lacazette or, or Vardy but you know, just when they come on their potential for just banging one in at any point and assisting is so high at the moment that I think if you've got a City attacker I would stick with them yeah. um, I'm actually doing that with Aguero as well he's in my team and uh, he's just been on fire this season so I can't justify getting rid of him yeah, it seems to be that Pep's starting with the one up top, though, and I think Aguero's going to be the one that kind of plays in that position. So, I, I was going to say as well, I think that will depend on Mendy. I think when Mendy comes back, he was doing the, the three in defence with uh, Mendy and Walker as the wing-backs, and then he converted to two up top. So, But he's not yeah, expected just, back for a while. Yeah. No, I'm saying in terms of long-term thinking, but yes, yeah, so I agree. I mean, it reduces their game time, but I just think that just the potential to, to score so high yeah i mean it's a, it's a tough one for me to choose between i'm gonna to have to mull this over for the two i'm gonna make it international break i'm gonna james i'm gonna make it harder for you and i would probably say well actually no it depends on do you have any other city players or is it just Jesus yeah I've got? I've got sterling and stones as well yeah so if i was in your position i'd i'd honestly be looking at getting rid do you have Morata? i'd no, that, be, that's who, that's who I want to bring in for either Jesus or Vardy. I've got two transfers, and uh, we don't want to make this pod all about my team, but it is a, a quandary for probably quite a few people whether to get rid of uh, one of these players and uh, bring in the likes of Morata. I think he's probably going to be the one to have going forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It certainly looks a good option. We're coming up to Morata in a couple of games' time, so. It, what I'm taking from that chap, Sane seems to be the nailed one. You can toss a coin on the City strikers, but you're taking a risk on game time. And Sterling just seems to to do it whenever he's on the pitch. Yeah. Uh, summary? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, Liverpool versus Saints up next. Uh, I think I know the first name that's going to come out of your lips. It just depends which one. Let's go to Iceman first of all. Liverpool Saints. Salah. Is the man, isn't he? He's, sorted, so. he, he seems to be the uh, the coming up to the essential midfielder who more or less plays up front. I am glad I've got him. I'm disappointed I didn't captain him. Uh, three attempts and two goals. He created three chances. He's got 11 goals this season. I did the same for Kane not that long ago, just listing all of his great stats. He is the furthest forward out of all the Liverpool players. So, like Liverpool's um, one of the most attacking teams out of City, Arsenal and Liverpool. 
he's still got loads of confidence, even though he misses a load of chances, which is a great thing about Salah. He just doesn't stop. He's like he's just relentless, and <laughs> I think he's a must-have going forward at the moment. Uh, and if you and look- to support that, it's, it's, go on, sorry. No, you go on. I was just going to say, um, in terms of in a uh, great article on the scout this week for you, and, and it's some nice stats on there, but uh, good comparison. He's had more shots in the box than Lukaku, only bettered by Kane, and actually his uh, shots on target are more accurate than Lukaku. So he's got 24, and Lukaku's got 18. And actually the scout is calling him as a consistent captain option now, which I think is a, a good point. Yeah, at home to Southampton, Southampton improving defence though, so he's more consistent points, isn't he, uh, Salah? Normally people are looking for like uh, massive like captain pools, but I, I do think that he, you could just stick your armband on him, hope for a goal. He's probably going to score in this game. Yeah, I, I, I don't see why not actually. Yeah, I think it's a good shout, Simon. Um, we've talked about Salah. Are there anyone you'd add to to Liverpool in this fixture? Um, well, yeah, Marnie, um, 7.4%. So for anyone who's looking for a powerful differential, he, he could rival Salah's sort of output because he sort of plays a similar role to Salah. He looks to get well beyond you know, the, the defence. So yeah, Marnie, he came back and was it two assists he got straight off the bat? Yeah. So yeah, Marnie. Um, but in terms of what you were just talking about for, for the captaincy about Salah, I, I wouldn't be so, so keen on this one. Just because, I mean, their previous record against Southampton at home is not great. I mean, if I read off the last five, nil-nil, one-nil to Saints, one-all, two-one, and one-nil to Saints. So it's a team they don't like to play at Anfield. And you know, Saints have got Virgil Van Dijk back. It's it's a tough game for them. Uh, they're not looking great still, Southampton. As you know, if Liverpool get that goal early, then it, it could be floodgates the way that they play. But I think Saints is a is a it's a tough it's a deceptively tough team to play for for Liverpool in this kind of fixture. So I'd be a little bit wary of um, Salah for captain in this one. So there's no doubt in my mind last week against West Ham away from home, open game, poor defence. But Saints can do it. We've seen them do it before. They can keep shutouts. Um, I can see them parking the bus and it being quite a boring game and Liverpool struggling to break them down. Interesting. So so with that, do you think there's any value in the Saints' defence? Um, I think Virgil van Dijk would be one that I would potentially look at maybe because um, he's he's a bonus moment. He's got a good goal threat. Uh, but, uh, yeah, not not now, not at the moment, no, because the fixtures are too difficult. They've got a horrendous run of fixtures. They've got Liverpool then, uh, Everton then City, Bournemouth and then Arsenal. So it's not looking good. Um, and even beyond that, it's still not looking. So no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. If you've got, I mean, I see a lot of us have Saints defenders. I, I'd be looking to get rid of that right now. But in this particular game, I just think it. I don't think it's going to be an easy one for, for Liverpool. I think they could win that one, maybe just one 0 or something. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm looking to to bench Cedric this game week and probably looking at removing him pretty soon. Mm. But yeah, I'm not. I'm not kind of hopeful for clean sheet. But it it could happen. They could shut him out. I, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Okay, well, um, so let's move on, chaps. So another side really gunning for the top four this season, showing some glimpses of why they're champions, but equally some uh, disappointing performances away against the West Brom side, which aren't looking too good. Calls for Pulis out. Iceman, what are your feelings about this fixture? 
Well, I'm liking Chelsea at the moment. They've got Kante back now, and with him, they just play so much better. They're like a different team, really. They've had the most attempts on goal in the last four, and Morata scored a great goal against United. It's his eighth of the season, so it was one of the best headers I've ever seen. His leap was just phenomenal. I do think he's right up there with the likes of Peter Crouch for uh, <laughs> for scoring headers. He is also top for big chances over the whole season, Morata. So this is why I'm thinking I'm going to need to bring him into my team pretty soon. There is a debate whether to go for Hazard over Morata, but I do think Morata plays further forward. They're creating a lot of chances. They're having a lot of attempts on goal. I think that he is going to be the one to go for. He is their vocal point up front. And Aspilicueta and him, just they seem to have the biggest combination in Europe at the moment. He's got five yeah. five assists now, Aspilicueta. Uh, we've been shouting him a few game weeks now, and I think that he is still a great asset to have. The only thing is, he is playing in that three in defence. He's not playing in that attacking role, so I don't know whether he's going to continue to get these great balls to Murata from defence. Just don't know if it's that sustainable, whether or not you're going to continue to get attack of returns from Asplaka, I don't know, but the defensive fixtures which they've got coming up, they've got some really good fixtures coming up. Yeah, they've got West Brom next, then they've got Liverpool, which you can still see points there, but then it's just a, a garden of green all the way down to game week 21. So I'm looking to try and bring in Morata and then probably get another defender because I've got David Louise at the moment and he was left out due to a disciplinary, apparently after the Roma game, Kennedy and Louise weren't acting appropriately or something. Yeah. So um, I think he said he didn't like Conte's tactics after they lost 3-0. So oh. whether or not he will play again, I don't don't know so I am looking to remove him uh, unfortunately because I would like to just leave him in due to their good fixtures and he, he's potentially got some attack of returns but yeah I think he's got to go but if I was bringing in a, a Chelsea defender I'll definitely look at Aspie and uh, yeah definitely Morata up top. Yeah Simon? Yeah um, well you've, you've said exactly what I was gonna echo really because <laughs> Uh, a lot of people were going to... I think a lot of people are looking now because at that fixture, that incredible um, sea of green they've got coming up and they're going to want a Chelsea defender and because of the the points returns that Aspel Laquette is getting, everyone's going to be going for him. But I think, I think yeah, you, you said it perfectly there. It's, it's something that can't be sustained. It's, it's something that happens once in a while to different players. They go on these purple patches, but... Do they have the underlying stats? Do they demonstrate the underlying stats that it's going to continue? That's what you've got to look at. And it's like Monreal, you know, he had that little purple patch, but how long, how many times is he going to pop up in the right place to score that goal? How many times is Asperquet going to find that perfect diagonal cross to, to Morata? I don't think it can be sustained. Um, he's obviously a bonus magnet, still a great option, but if you haven't got a Chelsea defender and, you, you know, you're looking at bringing one in for these fixtures, I still think, although... He's been, you know, pretty poor for attacking returns. I think Alonso's still your man. Every time I watch him, he's there. He's in the box, and he just needs he just needs a right ball. Uh, in the last four game weeks, he's, you know, he's, he's, the stats are still good. Uh, he's got eleven penalty area touches, um, six goal attempts, and they're all coming inside the box. So he's still got the stats, and the threat is still there. So for me, um, I've had Alonso this time. Um, it's cost me, but. Um, I'm going to hang on to him for these fixtures. I think he's still the best defender. That's a bit of team bias there, isn't it, Simon, really? You've got him in, so you've got to shout him. 
<laughs> I suppose so. <laughs> you got me. The, I think the other thing for Chelsea defence, which is going to make it better, is the return of Kante. Even if you haven't directly got him in your team, he's going to make the chance of you keeping a clean sheet that much greater. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, we've said nothing about West Brom, and I really haven't got anything positive to add. Gents, anything? No, move on. Moving yeah, on. Absolutely nothing. Moving on. Well, this next fixture. So we've got uh, United versus Newcastle in, in the 5.30 fixture. Um, that one I will probably be watching on BT Sports and my little uh, my uh, my phone subscription working out very nicely for the 5.30 kickoffs. Let's come to you first, Simon, for this one. United versus United. Who's going to come out on top? You've got to think Marina's going to calm the negative tactics for this one. And uh, yeah, <laughs> I think <laughs> as a United fan, it's been frustrating, incredibly frustrating to watch uh, us go to these, you know, the big games and, and play the kind of football that he's, he's getting us to play. Uh, Results-wise or not, it's still, it's, it's annoying. But uh, yeah, in these kind of games, we've we've done really well. Uh, can't complain. So hopefully we see a return back to that. And if we do, then yeah, Lukaku surely is your man, and it's going to be a big favourite for the captain's arm man. Someone I'm pretty scared of not owning for this fixture. Hmm. I'm not so much scared with Lukaku. You didn't win against Huddersfield. You lost 2-1 against them. You don't seem to be playing that well at the moment. Jose's resorted to the long ball up to Fellaini. He comes on, <laughs> el- elbows Morata. That's, uh, uh, <laughs> it's not looking good at the moment. Six shots on target for Lukaku in three big games, which isn't great. He's only got 24 touches in the last game and none in the penalty area. So he's probably low on confidence and he's got no help at the moment. I mean, United are really missing in Pogba in my opinion I did look into the stats for this one Uh, their chances per game with Pogba is 14.8 and without Pogba it's just 7 and the big chances per game with Pogba is 3 and without Pogba it's just 1.6 and then just look at the goals per game with Pogba is 3 and then without Pogba is 1.6 it just shows they are missing him and they're not in good form at the moment. I do think that Benitez can shut out a team and uh, I don't think there's going to be many goals in this. And even though Lukaku may be a big captain shout, if I had him, I, w- I wouldn't actually captain him. Cool. Interesting. Yeah, no, I, 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 I'm with you there. I, I don't think we're going to steamroll him, but I think he's... If we score, if we win 2-0, I'm thinking it's it's going to be a 1 or a 2-0, I think. But Lukaku's still... Getting, he's still there, isn't he? I mean, even though we're not we're not playing that well, you know, he got he got the assist at Huddersfield, he got the assist at Tottenham. He's 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 still picking up some points. It's not great, no, but you know, I, I still think he he could he could um, do well in this fixture. I don't think Newcastle are that good. Yes, you know, he's got them well organised defensively, and they can, but I don't I don't think they're good enough to, to stop us. And we need a reaction. I agree. We we need Pogba back. That's that's. As a certain Mickey needs to up his game. He's been very poor recently, um, but yeah, I, I think we've just got too much quality. Uh, we've got to bounce back. Um, I think we will this weekend. I mean, there's a there's a potential for a bounce back, but I mean, you look at the form which a lot of people should be thinking about more than fixtures really. And in the last four, Lukaku's not scored at all. Uh, he's got the two assists, uh, and then that's it. Uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't be captaining someone in that form. Just put it this way: if he was playing for Everton, he then had this fixture against Newcastle. Would you be captaining him with with the form that he was going through? And Newcastle seemed to be quite solid in defence. I wouldn't. No, 
Fair point, fair point, but it's he's he is a flat track bucket bully, he's got that record, hasn't he? Um, you know, the last four games he hasn't scored, but you know, you consider who we've played, it's Liverpool, Tottenham and Chelsea and obviously Huddersfield's in there, but he, he still returned in the in the one goal we did score. So, you know, you go back beyond that and yes, okay, that were that's a period where we were in good form. But still it's it's teams that it's it's the these so called lesser teams I think it's it for me it's the way that Mourinho sets us up. I think we've got enough quality in, in our attacking lineup, with, even without Pogba, to, to score a few goals against Newcastle. I, I, you know, I, I wouldn't if I had the cap, I'd, I'd still be captain him to be honest. Even with the form, I know you make a good case, but I just don't. I just can't see it. I just think we're going to bounce back, um, and because uh, we need to, we have to, because we've been shocking recently. <laughs> there's no, you know, there's there's no room for error in this one for me. So um, yeah, I think there's going to be a reaction, and uh, I think Lukaku is going to score at least a goal. Okay, so it's uh, we've got some divided opinion there, Lukaku or not to Lukaku. I think one thing's for sure: I will be playing uh, Phil Jones all being well in this fixture. <laughs> Yeah, just a note on him. He got taken off in the last game. I think just because United needed to attack and he was on the yellow. So I don't think that means anything in terms of his game time. I still think he's going to get all the game time. He's ready for a nice international break. So, um, shall we, uh, unless you guys have got anything on Newcastle, which I I don't really, to be honest, uh, shall we move on to Watford West Ham? Uh, yeah, I just had a, a quick question from Mark at M Bison Twenty Twos. Just, but will Jones play three Premier League games a week during the fixture congestion in November and December? See, that's the that's the scary part about having a player like James with United. They have got some good backup to replace these good players like James. So, I suppose if you haven't got him, I I haven't got him, and you probably should because he's just such a cheap, really good value defender. But I'm thinking about holding off due to probably this congestion now uh, and just because I've got bigger fish to fry elsewhere. But that that's the point, though. He has got a point. Will he be playing in these, this fixture congestion? What do you reckon of that, Simon? Just a quick one on that one. Uh, no, I, I, I'm i in the same boat as you, and I'd I agree that we've got too much. You know, we've got Small in. Uh, by even Blinder can play centre about Lindelof as well, that he's going to want to give some game time to. So, uh, no, I'm, I'm with you there. I haven't got him. I should, but I don't. Uh, and the easy transfer out for me would be to go Davis to Jones. But I'm thinking about that and long term and, and the Christmas period and thinking that it's probably better to just go with David De Gea, who we know is going to play every single game. Um, I'm going to pick up clean sheets as, he's, as he has been doing. So, uh, no, I, I'd be worried about keeping holding on to Jones going into the Christmas period. Yeah. The uh, Just, just uh, chaps on that. So, yeah, I think he'll play against Newcastle. Uh, I think he'll play... Man United then play Brighton at home. I can see him playing that. Then, um, literally four days later, uh, three days later even, they play Watford away. That's where I think you might see someone like Lindelof starting instead. And if Rocco's back by then... Um, but then their next fixture on the 2nd of December is Arsenal away. And a week later, they then take on Man City. And I can't see, if, if United are still making up ground on City, I don't think Mourinho will risk it without Jones. He's been that vital this season. So the one where I'd be doubting him playing would possibly be the Watford fixture. Yeah, good point, Sam. Yeah, I'd agree with that as well. We'll keep our eyes on that one. Um, right, chaps, let's move on to um, our Sunday fixture. On the 19th, we've got Watford 
versus West Ham. And speaking of Man United, Moisey is back in the Premier League, chaps. Great appointment for West Ham. Solid manager. Yeah. Great record since leaving Everton. Uh, poor Moisey. Um, I think one thing's for sure. I've got Richarlison in this one. I shall be playing him against this hapless West Ham defence. Yeah. Simon, do you want to talk a bit about this fixture? Yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, shocking appointment, really. Um, <laughs> I feel sorry for the, for the Hammers fans, I do, to be honest. Um, obviously, I've been victim to Moisey's uh, <laughs> tactics and, uh, yeah, just general, his silly claims. And he's, he's, yeah, I'm, I'm not, I don't understand the appointment. Um, maybe they should be shooting for the stars like Everton and um, with someone like Simeone, but, um, yeah, Moise. Nah, uh, I can't see him turning West Ham around. Sorry to say, Hammers fans. Um, I think more doom and gloom. And yeah, uh, Watford, uh, Marcus Silva's doing a great job at Watford. And I think that'll be, I can see Watford scoring two or three there. And uh, Richarlison's on fire. So yeah, Richarlison, I've got Richarlison as well. If you don't have him by now, get him in. He's the best option in that, in that price bracket. Yeah, I think anyone who's got any West Ham players now, I'd, I'd yeah, a lot of people say with the change of management that it's a positive thing and it gives them a bit of a, an uplift. But no, if I had any West Ham players, I'd be looking to get rid. Ice man, what are your thoughts on that? I think stay away from any West Ham player at the moment. You've got to wait until Moyes has actually got some stability to that team. Then I'm sure they will, will have some assets which we will want to jump on board at some point during the season because they have got some quality players still there. But looking at Watford, it's all about Richardson. He's still missing big sitters though, but he's got his fourth goal of the season. Just cleverly needs to let him take the penalty. He earned it, so he could have been on 13 points if Cleverly would have scored that penalty. So it just shows the the big hauls because it would have been three bonus and uh, the three for the assist. Um, he's got 16 attempts in his last six, so it's still the highest for any midfielder. He's sitting highest for expected goals over the last four. So yeah, if you haven't got Richardson, I would look at bringing him in. The only thing is with um, Watford's defence, Kiko Firmino was the one to go to, and he still looks really good attacking down that right-hand side, but they just don't seem to be keeping clean sheets, Watford, at the moment. And Gomez went off of a head injury, and the Greek keeper came on. Um, I'm not sure if Gomez is going to be back. He should be, because I think it was just a cut. But yeah, I wouldn't necessarily bank on uh, clean sheets uh, for this fixture. I still think West Ham still have goals in them. So uh, I wouldn't play Kiko Firmino in this game, particularly. Are either of you a fan of Decore? Uh, he's, I think he's a little bit better than Kapue from last year. But it's it's difficult because, I mean, where they play a three at the back and what is it, five midfield, is it? Or four? They play wing-backs, don't they? Yes, yeah. And Decore is what, like a deep line playmaker type. I've seen them doing it both ways. I've seen them doing it four with then um, Decore in midfield next to Shalabar. But yeah, Decore seems to be more the defensive one yeah. in that midfield. So although his returns are ridiculous, um, it's it's like Poe from from last year. It's it's a case of sustainability and. Uh, generally speaking, I'm I'm never a fan of sort of deep line playmakers or those kind of. Uh, you know, defensive-minded midfield assets. So, if you've had him, well done, <laughs> brilliant stuff. But no, I, I still wouldn't be looking to to bring him in. No, yeah, I'm same boat, same boat. That's fair. 
Yes, early promise, but perhaps tapered off a bit now. Um, which brings us, lads, to the last game, which is Brighton against Stoke. Now, Simon, earlier you spoke about Cooper Moteng with his uh, his regular assists. What, what were your thoughts on him as a player for Stoke? Um, as a as an actual football player, he's he's not brilliant. He's not great. Um, I think we've seen that um, when you watch the game live. He doesn't necessarily pass the eye test in that sense, but. Uh, what he does do is get himself in the area. He's a, you know, he plays out of position as a striker, and you know, as as an FBL manager, you can't ignore that. Um, he's he's putting in some brilliant stats as well, underlying stats, um, and you know, his, his points per million, you can't argue. It's seven point seven at the moment, which is higher than any of the premium priced um, attackers by quite a bit. So, I mean, Morata's the highest premium priced in terms of points per per million, and that's only at six point one. So he's miles and a way better value than Morata. Um, I'm happy with him. I'm, I'm quite happy. I mean, it's only a matter of time before he before he picks up a goal. I mean, he should have scored um, against Leicester. He created the, the space very well, shifted it onto his right nicely. And all he had to do was just put it in the corner and he, he put it too close to the keeper and uh, uh, Michael, you know, was um, alert to it. Um, but on another day, that could have gone in. Um, and I think with the fixture they've got, they've got the next nine, they've got... Sea of Green they're only playing there's only two difficult really difficult fixtures in there Liverpool and, and Spurs I'm, I'm very happy with him at that price he's doing he's doing enough for me um, so yeah if anyone's thinking of bringing him I'd say yes I think it's, it's, it's a good as an FBL asset it's, it's a good buy for me yeah Iceman any thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I, I think Tupamotin seems to be the one for Stoke for me. More of a creator than a scorer, though. He, he drops into that number 10 role quite well um, yep. than when he actually is playing up top. Uh, but although, even when he's put out to the left, I still think he looks threatening. So you definitely notice him during the game because he's very much involved. But i tell you what, who would be the best person to bring into your FPL team if he was nailed is Peter Crouch. Can you imagine yeah. having him? Love Peter Crouch. Yeah. The only thing is Brighton's yeah. defence, they are they are decent at the moment, Brighton's defence. They're very um, organised. A bit like uh, Benitez, how he's organised his Newcastle team. Hewton has organised this Brighton team. And if you look at the stats, in the last four, they're actually fourth for shots on target conceded behind Liverpool, Man City and Southampton. They've only conceded 11 shots on target in the last four. So Duffy and Dunk, they've been playing together for a long time now. And I am actually looking at bringing in Dunk, uh, that 4.4 option. But if if I had the uh, choice between the two, I'd probably bring in Duffy because he's he's got more of an attacking threat, although Dunk should have scored in the last game. But I wouldn't necessarily be uh, banking on bringing players in from Stoke from this game because I can see a shutout from Brighton here. Yeah, so you, you think um, they have looked pretty good at the back, haven't they, Brighton, this season? I haven't actually committed to any of their their defenders at this point. Simon, is there anyone that you, anyone else that you particularly liked in their back line? Um, no, I think it's from Brighton. It's it's Duncan or Duffy, um, and uh, yeah, I was pretty close to bringing in Duffy not too long ago, um, but obviously I uh, went a different way. Um, but yeah, I think yeah, I think that there is there is value there, um, and, and Duffy he does well. Both of them, that you know, they're big lads, they're big tall guys, uh, presence in the box and you know, for set pieces, and Pascal Gross is a uh, you know a good. Uh, Puts in a good delivery, um, so yeah, I think I think Duffy and, and Dunk both deserve some um, consideration. I know the fixtures aren't great, but 
uh, you know, they've got some good home fixtures. Uh, they've got Stoke and then Palace and Burnley and Watford. Action. Yeah, yeah, for sure, yeah. They've got some difficult fixtures in between, haven't they? Iceman, um, before we finish off, this almost seems the perfect fixture for us to eat some humble pie, doesn't it? Oh, yes, in terms of... Do you know uh, what I'm talking about? In terms so of last, two players involved. last week, I, I uh, totally discounted the shout from Craig to go Murray, and yeah, he <laughs> comes up with another goal. So yeah, if you could get me a spatula so I could prize that egg off my face, that would be great. And if you could share said spatula with me after I have been uh, singing the woes of Jordan Shakiri for many weeks, and he came up with a goal as well at the weekend. So uh, a nice humble pie for me and the Iceman. <laughs> and speaking of pie, Iceman, as you know, this isn't related at all. Um, I think it's time the Iceman had a break as we oh, come to the end of the. I fitness. literally can't wait to go for a piss. Oh, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm going to get to the kitchen as well. Sorry about the Simon. Be with us a minute. <laughs> yeah, no worries. Don't worry about it. Welcome back, everybody. After the Iceman's little comfort break, it's time to sum up the game week. So we went through all 10 fixtures. You've got to wait two weeks for these. But we've got Arsenal versus Spurs. We think Kane's going to notch in this one. Ramsey seems a great option at his price at the moment. And uh, for Spurs, with the return of Rose, it feels like no fullback is safe. So Vertonghen is probably your safest bet there. Or Sanchez, that's Davison Sanchez. Huddersfield versus Bournemouth. The likes of uh, the defence look good here. So Zanka for Huddersfield seems like a mainstay. And Daniels for Bournemouth. Burnley versus the Swans. Uh, me and Pope are the high regular scorers for them and good in rotation at the moment. Swansea not particularly good going forward, but if you've got Abraham, maybe worth a punt in this one. Palace versus Everton. The only player of interest really was Dan. Wait and see what happens at Everton before we commit to them. Leicester versus Man City. Uh, we had some discussion around the Leicester attack. Vardy, we don't like for this one, but Mares does look to be playing well. For City, Sane seems to be the one that's nailed, offering the most. You could toss a coin on Aguero and Jesus, just be aware of their game time. And Sterling seems to be scoring at will at the moment or assisting. Liverpool versus Saints, uh, Marnie and Salah were the main ones for us. West Brom uh, against Chelsea, we like the look of Azpilicueta and Morata, and actually that combination combining really good at the moment. United versus Newcastle, Lukaku and Jones were the main ones we discussed there. We're just waiting for the return of Paul Pogba. Watford versus the Hammers, uh, no Hammers, uh, with Moisey now in charge, but Richarlison and Firmino remain in our thinking for the Watford side. And Brighton versus Stoke, Chupo Moteng looks great value in midfield. Duffy and Dunk in the uh, Brighton defence are the ones at the moment. With Gross, their attacking option, and Humble Pie on the Shakiri and Murray debate. Nice sum up, Paul. Lovely. Um, are there any questions, Iceman? Loads of questions. Loads and How many? Loads of questions. Um, about 29. But we're not going to ask them all because uh, too many. But right, okay, firing off the first one, Adi Yakov is saying, 
The answer for Jesus Aguero rotation is Maratta. Which front three are the best combo in your opinion? And he's also assuming the 50-year-old Murray isn't one. Because, uh, we had a bit of banter to and from on Twitter on that one. Uh, he, he kind of mocked me for getting that one wrong. Uh, so yeah, your, your front three, your best combo, Simon, what is your front three best combo at the moment? Um, for me, I'd say Kane, of course, um, Maratta, and for for some, I'm I'm always someone that preaches overall balance. So for me, uh, I like Vardy or even Firmino in there that eight, eight bracket. Uh, but if you if you're going top heavy, then it's Kane, Maratta, Lukaku. For me, I just don't like the fact that I can't trust to captain Aguero and, and Jesus for the limited game time, and even you know if they could be benched and not even come on. So. Uh, great players in a great team. Just frustrating that Pep is at the helm, and uh, it's going to continue to frustrate us. I think, especially in a four-three-three, is it's going to be one striker playing up front and two wingers. So it's likely that Jesus and Aguero are going to continue to be rotated more than one, maybe getting sixty-one, getting thirty minutes. Okay, yeah, good points, mate. Uh, Bully, what's your what's your take on that one? Uh, slightly different. Um, Lukaku's doing his typical exciting us all, going on a little drought. So. Then going on a little drought, I should say. So for me, Kane is a definite. Um, I really like the look of Morata, but I, I actually probably biases in my team. But Sergio Aguero again, just because even if he comes off the bench, I think he's got really good potential for assists, goals. So I'd still commit to a City striker. Yeah, no, I think I uh, I almost agree. I mean, like, I'm I'm kind of looking at Danny Sturridge, Danny Welbeck, players like this going forward. <laughs> I was hoping more of a reaction on that. No, uh, my my players would be uh, Kane, Aguero and Morata. Uh, I think that Aguero, even though he's not going to play every game and you've got this rotation to worry about in that in that City team, he's just going to still bag loads of goals. So yeah, they, they will be my front three. And next question is from Ian Wilson. He is saying teams slash players safest from rotation in December. If you're looking at the teams which are not going to rotate as much, you've got to be looking at the teams which aren't in Europe uh, at the moment, like the middle table teams. Like, I mean, I know everyone's easing away from the likes of Southampton, but I would say that they're a team which probably are not going to get rotated as much. What's your shout on that one, Bully? Um, the players not getting rotated as much. Uh, it's really difficult with those fixtures. Um, I, I guess I don't really have an answer to that at the moment. No. I think yeah, what's not... going to come down to is how the teams are doing at the actual time. Um, like I said with the United fixtures, the likes of Jones, again, I can see him being dropped in those little mid-fixtures. But yeah, I, I, I'm going to have to play it by ear at the time, I think. Yeah, it's, it's not. Yeah, it's, a, it's not an easy question, that. Um, but... I think for me, I always, when it comes to these sort of congested periods, I always look to move to centre-backs just because then they're less likely to get rotated. So rather than actual teams, uh, whatever team you're you're looking at bringing in a player, rather than going for a full-back, it's a physically demanding role, I would uh, look at going with the centre-back option. Um, So no specific teams for me, but... Uh, I look at, I try and look at centre backs and those those players that I don't think are liable for rotation. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, like looking at the players like like 
like bless you uh like, like for instance uh, southampton uh stoke would be another one which will probably not rotate as much from the likes of shawcross at center back i'm not saying go for these players because they're not, they're not the most exciting ones in in the book but if you're looking at transfers now you've got to be kind of looking ahead to the the fixture congestion which is going to come up because apparently it's going to be the most amount of fixtures uh ever for this particular Christmas. So I do think it's probably a good idea to keep an eye on that. Okay, moving on. Next question, we've got Bill Fran. He's just put... So it's more of a what's he going to do with his transfer type of question. He's got Dawson is injured. Otamendi out for a game. Otamendi transfer for payout. Dawson out as a long-term injury. Slash West Brom and Jalvin are shite. Uh, who out and who in? So he's got Dawson and Otamendi. Who do you reckon he should bring in for the likes of one of those two? Okay, um, Dawson's definitely got to go out. Um, and I would definitely, if he hasn't already got a Burnley defender, then I think a Burnley defender. For Otamendi, uh, it depends. If he's can. If he got some funds in the bank, then I think he's got to look to the Chelsea defence with Kante back and those fixtures, I think. Um yeah, I would be looking at trying to get someone from Chelsea in. Uh, and yeah, Burnley for, for Dawson. Uh, me or Ward. Yeah, yeah. Bully, any opinion on that? I do agree with the Burnley sentiment. I think they're really, really good in rotation. I'll definitely look at someone like me. And as Pilaqueta just seems to be the one that's just regularly scoring at the moment, if you can free up some funds to go there. I don't know if they've got Jones already. Did they say they've got Jones? Uh, they haven't mentioned any of that. No, no so if they haven't got Jones, definitely. I think Phil Jones is a great option. And I think the shouts on the Brighton defenders earlier, the likes of Dunk or Duffy, might be a, a reasonable one to rotate. I think the, uh, the probably the best option is the team which is not getting shouted enough for their defensive assets is Tottenham. I know you can't really go for their fullbacks at the moment, but for the likes of Vertonghen, you shouted him last week and you were bang on. He hit that free bonus as well. Even Sanchez or, um, I mean, obviously you can't stop Dyer because he's a midfielder now. And Toby is out. Um, he's out injured, but he should be back in the next game. But I do think going towards their centre-backs uh, at that price, if you can push up to the likes of Vertonghen, I would, I would go for him. Yeah, good shout because uh, Vertonghen, if you watch him, he sort of, he does what Aspilicueta does, except for he hasn't been as prolific. <laughs> he does venture forward, doesn't he? He gets yeah. forward and he does he does like to have a little pop every now and then. Sometimes they can take a deflection and you never know where they end up. So yeah. he, he has got a slight goal threat to him as well. And yeah, uh, I, yeah, I should have. Good, good, um, good shout! That he, he got really annoyed at when Son shot instead of passed it across to him. He could have scored actually in the last game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, right, we had another one from uh, FPL Apprentice. Is just saying, is Ottomendi worth keeping? Uh, we kind of answered that one just now. Well, do you guys reckon he's worth keeping because he's out for the next game and City not keeping clean sheets? He's saying, do you reckon he's worth keeping because he's suspended, Simon? Um. To be honest, I'm not really too sure because the fixtures are pretty good. But saying that, they do like to concede a goal, don't they? So uh, I think there's better options, like we've said earlier. You know, you've got Chelsea coming up with, with good fixtures, Batongan as well. So I'd probably, I'd probably get rid. But at the same time, I wouldn't, I wouldn't blame anyone for keeping him on the bench because he, he is, he is a good goal threat with KDB's accuracy from set set pieces, and they are going to keep clean sheets, and they do have good fixtures. So, but if I was in that position, I'd probably, I'd probably be bringing either um, a Chelsea or uh, Vertonghen. Yeah, Billy. Um, I, I, the, the first thought is, who else have you got in defence? Um, 
if you've got three decent defenders who can cover him just for that week, so Burnley defender, maybe Jones and one other, it might just be worth like putting your transfer elsewhere, saving yourself a minus four if you have to hit elsewhere. Um, because I think, like Simon's just said there, he does pose an attacking threat from corners this season. Great header, I think it was in the Champions League in the week. So... For me, I think I, I try not to take hits on defenders if possible because I think just their returns are lower. But I think going forward, Otamendi, City will start keeping clean sheets again at some point. And I think reality is with the lack of Vincent Company, he is probably the senior defender. So um, I, I would actually probably keep him. Okay, yeah, fair enough. Um, okay, we've got a few more questions. We're going to rattle through them, these a bit quicker. So we've got Hafsa. Ibrahim Hazard, I've probably said that totally wrong. Twitter handle is uh, Butterfly Hafsa, uh, saying, Why is it always a feast or famish with Kane? Should I not bother to captain him, even though he can be explosive? I think it's it's the um, the teams that are coming and, and parking a bus, I think. For some reason or, or another, they're, they're just not able to break these teams down when they park the bus this year. I don't know what it is. They've got the same team. They play the same style. They should be able to break them down. So I don't honestly. I don't really have an answer to that. Um, I think you can't afford to not captain Kane in these kind of fixtures. But saying that at the weekend, <laughs> you know, <laughs> he blanked, and, and the one that a lot of people would have considered their second best choice absolutely smashed it. So uh, it's tough. I am slightly go on. I, I was just going to say. I think. You've got to look at it like this. I mean, like the the guest we had on last week, who is um, doing pretty well at the moment, he captained Kane and left the captaincy on Kane until like the week before last, and he's been doing brilliantly from it. I know he's not always scoring every week, but I don't know. Sometimes it is quite difficult to tell your captain unless you you know that there's going to be points. Like for instance, last week we kind of knew that Salah was going to score points, but we just thought that Kane would have a bigger haul. That's why we thought to go for him. Obviously, it turned out that wasn't the case. I mean, like they could have excuse for the fact that they were still buzzing from the Real Madrid win and maybe they were a little bit tired. Kane's only just come back from injury. There are a few reasons why he didn't score that haul. And I know they've, they've got over this Wembley hoodoo now, but teams just kind of set up to shut up shop against them in some ways. Sometimes teams do do that and... Maybe that's even persuading myself to captain him against Arsenal because Arsenal are going to attack them. Like Bully said, Arsenal are going to go at them and uh, this might be what Kane needs and then he can just exploit that. Bully, what do you reckon? Yeah, I I think personally with this type of fixture, I think you're safe for captaining Kane. I think, like I said, it's against Arsenal. He's got the history against them and he's a class player. He steps up for them when he needs to. So no, I, I think you'd be safe continuing to captain Kane. Right, yeah, thanks for your questions again, everybody. Always makes... I always say this every week. Um, yeah, <laughs> thank you for your questions. It's always... Right, okay, chaps. That brings us to the end of another wonderful Fancy Football Surgery podcast. And um, if you want to find out more about our surgeons, go on to fancyfootballsurgery.com. Profiles of the surgeons, including the ones that uh, don't turn up anymore. You can find us on Facebook by typing Fancy Football Surgery. Uh, subscribe to us on iTunes and listen to us on SoundCloud. You probably are if you're listening now. You can tweet us at FF underscore surgery. Over 3,000 on that account now. Brilliant support. Thank you so much. Really good for interaction. We're on Reddit, so please give the pod an up if you've got Reddit. 
up the pod. Up the pod. Um, and you can email the Iceman attachments and complaints at uh, ffsurgerypodcast at yahoo.com. I don't have the login, so I can't read if there is a complaint, unfortunately. And you can also join the mini league, which is 1173-455. We want to thank our guest this week for joining us. So, Simon, thank you. Not a problem at all. Glad to be on. Thank you for inviting me as well. Yeah, it's been great to have your insights. Just a quick one again. So how can people follow your progress and what you're doing and answer, you know, ask you questions and things? Yeah, sure. Um, they can follow us uh, at, F- at FPL underscore connect or go straight to our website, which is just fplconnect.blog. Tweet us there or you can email on the uh, contact page directly on that website. Perfect. Looking forward to seeing more of that in the future. Iceman, any final words of wisdom? Never any wisdom coming from me. (laughs) Right. Zero wisdom from the Iceman. Well, thank you for listening again, everybody. We look forward to speaking to you again after the international break. royalty-free music. Came free. We didn't even have to pay for that. No, it's royalty-free. It took us, what, five minutes to decide on that one? In fact, I think Woody just chose, and then we just went, yeah, that's good. When you know, you know. <laughs> I might play it on my wedding day, actually. Yeah, you should. No, mate. <laughs> When I do the speech, I'll, I'll have it in the background. <laughs> well, when we, when we finish doing the vows, when we walk back down the aisle out of the room, we'll play it then. Yes, definitely. That's spot on. Yeah, Louise, Louise will definitely be happy with that as well. Yeah. Louise causing me more problems. <clears throat> Combo, you going to interrupt? All right. <laughs> I think we've lost Paul. Billy? Alright. <laughs> I thought he was just... He was literally just about to interrupt me and then...